and welcome to Camp Re-Education, the only podcast reminding you once again to be the straw man. Joining us today are our guests, Andrew Jordan, who writes encrypted chatting apps exclusively for convicted pedophiles, and Rachel Blakely, who works at Maybelline's Floating Animal Lab in international waters where it's still legal to torture baby animals. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. Once again, joining us as well is someone who just can't take the hint. Uh, Shay, he is, st- he is still, still here. here. <laughs> in spite Despite of all, all <laughs> the letters from our attorneys, he is still here. Uh, that's great. Thanks, Ian. It's great all to right, see well, you as well. Yeah, whatever. So anyway, just to get, <laughs> just to get things started, uh, you know, it's Winter Olympic season. Those recently got kicked off. And I want to ask our guests, uh, what do you think is the most cancelable winter sport, which is which has just had enough and has to get out of here? Whose time is up? Mm. Certainly not curling. That's not a winter Olympic sport, Rachel. Yes, it is. No, yeah, well, they fuck brush me. Them. Yeah, of course it is. It's like the notoriously lamest winter sport right. there is. So it's- certainly not curling. Yeah. <laughs> but I do believe there's one where you ski, maybe run, and then shoot a gun. Fuck that one. Hmm. Like a oh, I- winter triathlon. Yeah, I'll go with that one since I don't think I can name another one. <laughs> Snowboarding, skiing, ski jumping is weird too. Are you canceling like, everything, Rachel? I said pick one. Okay. Uh, I'm I think, canceling. I think it's bobsledding. Are you oh, bobsledding? Oh, haven't you ever seen cool runnings? That's, that's why. why he's canceling. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, I was going to cancel. Uh, I forgot which one I was going to cancel. I was really excited about it. Speed um, skating. Speed skating is too much. There, no, there's the, what's the one, like, a couple years ago, there was, like, the famous Korean, like, they called them, like, the Garlic Girls or something, which I thought was, like, really fucked up. They're like, oh, here come the Koreans who smell like garlic. It's the Garlic Girls. Uh, they were, it's like you wipe, you wipe the ice. You, like, you wipe the ice, like, someone pushes That's the thing. Curling. Oh. That's curling. That's <laughs> curling. They brush the ice with the broom, and Why? it's, like, the lamest thing, and they throw the, like, mallet I don't it, know. It this, looks like, cool. It looks this, cool when they do it. I, I don't think yeah, it looks that cool. They're, they're like, <laughs> and like, I, it gives me anxiety because when the person, the person who's like the sweeper, if they like knock the the curling disc, then you know they're fucked. But they're like, so they you know like, about curling? Then you've watched oh, yeah. curling. Yeah, I've actually got a couple medals. <laughs> <laughs> As a Floridian, there's a small Floridian chapter. All right, right. <laughs> well, currently the Jamaican bobsled team is at the Olympics and they are going to be participating. Well, oh, we oh. don't care about them. So anyway, <laughs> today we've got lots of things to talk about. The world's a fucked up place. It probably won't be around much longer. But while it is, we're here to discuss its issues. <laughs> so the first topic that we have today uh, it features something near and dear to my heart for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> we'll see where, we'll see where the things you might regret in 27. A person by the name of Ollie London, a transracial influencer, wants penis reduction surgery, so they look a hundred percent Korean, quote them. All right. So question one, I've got a two-part question for both of you. Question one is how big do we think their dick is? And question two is, is transracialism real? Ask Rachel Dolezal. I'm asking you, Rachel. (laughs) Uh, No, it's not real. 
And or maybe I don't know. Do I care? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I wanna, no, you got to lock down. Yes or no? Hmm. Well, first yeah. of all, okay, wait. That's I feel like that's like the this bi- goes into way deeper into my like very apathetic view on everything everybody cares about ever, which is <laughs> I don't care. Andy's oh. nodding. Andy's nodding in agreement. Like, yeah, no, that's games for me too. <laughs> I, 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 I get it. I get it. Um, I would say so. Real is a weird. It's interesting to use that word because I feel like it's real in the sense of like I can just create like you know anything like oh have you heard of gloopy syndrome like I have it right yeah. now it's terrible it's real. Ollie believes it's real in his mind, and do I care what Ollie thinks? No, I don't give a fuck about Ollie. So like you know, it's just, you know, like okay, keep going, Andy. Yeah, but I yeah, and so so to answer the question, I feel like it is real in in a like abstract personal sense, but I I don't. I, maybe I'm just ignorant, but I haven't seen it as like mentioned in any other context. What? Like, Did you not watch the documentary about the lady who identified as an African American? Rachel Dolezal. I have not. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess I'm All just right. ignorant right. on it. But yeah. um, like transsexual, like that. I've you know I'm very you know cognizant of and, and whatever. But I have not heard yeah. of this until this article. But. Um, what was the second part of your question? <laughs> well, that was the second. Well, the first part was how, I mean, how big do we think that Ollie's dick is? And uh, right. Andy <laughs> wants to circle back. He's like, oh, we're talking about the size of this guy's dick, right? I want to get back to that. I, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't imagine ever being wanting to be in a position where it's just like I need less of this. This um, is the perfect example of like you know rich guys that are short and have small wieners buy Hummers. This is the example of him putting it out there in the world because his dick is smaller than 3.6 inches or whatever the average is. And he's trying to make it seem like it's much bigger than that. So he's actually much smaller in real life because there's no proof. It says in the article, they've not verified how large his member is. So it's clearly much smaller. And he's just doing this because he wants to, I don't know, have his pictures online. Yeah, I mean, it, and even it is says like there's a study of, that they they talked they like surveyed a bunch of Korean penile sizes and they're like yeah that's the average is five inches or something like that and and so it could I mean his his you know his his member could be fucking. 3.7 or 5. Why are you guys whatever. saying like, member? I'm a little, I'm just like a little bothered. His, his dong could be a, a cool four. Do you guys and, talk uh, like that? Like that's just a I totally really, different way okay. of speaking for me. I want Ian to weigh in on this because I know he worked for some kind of penis center when he lived in Korea. <laughs> so I feel like he would know about this information. Let's hear. All right. So uh, before before I give my two cents, like so there was an article about this that that we read. And uh, I want to like share some of that with with the listeners who who might not have heard this before. But uh, OK, so a transracial influencer has revealed they want to have penis reduction procedures so that they can look 100 percent Korean, having already spent an estimated two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on around 20 surgeries to look like BTS star G-Man. And my take so far is if you're, I don't think that this person's going to be in the, in the locker room anytime soon. And they're going to be like, something's wrong with this guy. And I think it's, I think his, it's, his dick is too big. I don't think this person's Korean. I mean, I'm looking at his, I'm looking at him right now and it's, he just looks super fake, like uh plastic surgery all over the place. It just looks like you're well, not he certainly really... doesn't look Asian in any sense. Yes. There's yeah, that exactly. off the bat. 
<laughs> you know, he's he, not doing well. <laughs> you know who? You know who he looks like to me is like he looks like if you typed in like I, I don't like Korean into an AI generator, <laughs> like the AI generator. <laughs> yeah, the, like AI, the AI generator had only ever seen white people, and it was like, yeah, Korean. Here you go. Yeah, it's. I think it's. I think it's generally like it. It doesn't really hold a lot of um, validity to like a, a more of a philosophical sense uh for him for him i'm sure it's like this is you know i must have this but there's a couple things here that i was while reading this i was like man this this just sticks out to me first of all like when you're talking about like transsexual like being a, a transsexual yeah you're we and being we like don't okay, say well, transsexual anymore right that's like it's transgender now transgender right I, I, like I, I, transsexual I is like super passe no well i i don't know i've always so like gender is like the the mental construct or, where where sex is, is like the yeah. physical yeah so that's that's another uh, thing fuck here me then <laughs> yeah Egg hey keep going the you're on a roll take us there yeah. um, take us there <laughs> so okay so within that you have this like notion of people being feel like they're trapped in their own like in a different body and I get that. And I feel like in this article, the guy kind of talks about this mentality, like, oh, yeah. you don't you don't understand me because you don't understand how I feel. Right. I'm trapped. I'm not I'm trapped in another race's body. <laughs> and like and so for one, this is like it's it's really loaded because when you're like striving for that in a in a in a binary sense of like, I'm a male and I feel like I'm a woman. So therefore I want to like physically change this hard line construct of like my body physiologically is a certain way. And I, I need to change like cer certain identifiers or whatever, or just the, my like meaty components. I need to switch my meaty components, right? That is, that to me holds more water, holds, holds more validity than like, I need to, I need to feel like a certain mental like um uh like like cultural or like like being i don't know like it's like saying you like an immigrant getting plastic surgery to look like a fat redneck to feel american in what? a way yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, no like I, actually like... wait a minute okay i have some so this is i don't want to like be canceled but too late all right consider if... yourself that sweeping sport. There's Go a ahead. similar, there's like a similar thread to what you're saying. There really is from a male transitioning into a female because let's say somebody who's uh, like, like me of Eastern European descent grew up in the United States. I know this guy, I don't know if this guy is from the United States or what, but he's, let's he's, just say. Of course like, he's British naturally. Okay. So whatever. So he's of some European, whatever. Okay. So, um, if I wanted to become, you know, a, a Korean, if I wanted to identify as Korean, but I have no concept of what that is like from beginning of my life and growing up with the customs and growing up with the people who surround me, interacting with me, being as I am, right? So, like, I have no, like, understanding of that. That is the, mm, that is the same as a man who decides to transition into a woman they, depending on when they decide to transition, they are missing uh, this entire like part of how I grew up as a girl and all of the things that I, you know, dealt with as a female and all of the different things, especially working in corporate America and all this other stuff that is not there. 
Yeah. Do you understand but, what I'm saying? Like there yeah, is a thread that does exist across the things where there are certain things missing. And I know this is like not popular opinion, but like it, it does, it, it is along the same thread. So I, I would, I would pontiff, I would speculate cause it's, it's hard. Cause I haven't like had these conversations with anyone like had this experience, but I would say that like, just to speculate, I would say that, they're trying to get to that point where they can be identified visually from like uh, a quick take or whatever mm-hmm. to then have those experiences that you're talking about. And I get that. That makes sense. But, yes. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Andy, I think you make a good point, but also I don't think that like the fundamental part of being any one race, I mean, like, I'm like, I'm like agreeing with you overall, but I don't think the fundamental part of being one race that this person's missing is like, you know, walking into a room and having someone stand up and be like, there's an Asian person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, and like, and to, to your credit, to your credit earlier too, it's like, yeah, I mean, like, at least in the United States, it's like you can move here from anywhere and be like considered an American. And like, I lived right. in Korea for five years and like, even like living there, working there, speaking the language and stuff like that, like, um, that, that probably holds more weight to my like, you know, Korean identity than fucking right. having an inch ch- taken off my cock. Like. <laughs> can we also talk about too, that the thing that like he has gone like, it's newsworthy is his dick that is uh, probably concealed most of the time. So when people are like, yeah, you're definitely looking <laughs> Korean. Like he's not whipping out his dick and walking down the street and people are like, yeah, he's definitely Korean. I, I love the idea so, that he's like trying to like get accepted into university and like he, he like checks Asian on the box and they uh, bring him in for a meeting and they're like, let's see. That, yeah, they're like, <laughs> Pull your hands down. <laughs> they go, they go I, we don't think you're Korean. And he goes, oh yeah. And then Have you seen this? And they're like, no, that, that scans, that checks out. Like, welcome, welcome to Oxford. It's poor man. Or person, person. He is identified as person. Sorry. Oh fuck! They identify as person. Shit. Okay. Well, the, well, okay. I don't know. At the end, he was like, "I'm not a man. I'm not a woman. I'm a person." I think that says it at the end of the article or something like that. And so, like, yeah, that's how he identifies. But also, then, I don't know. The whole thing is very bizarre. And it just seems like he wants to have big dick energy, but also, I guess, now small dick energy. It seems super weird to me that he is like dead set on. Uh, I'm sorry that they are dead set on like not uh, viewing gender as a binary but that when it comes to like uh cultural and racial identity that that has to be like super rigid and super fixed and that like i don't know and i I was talking with ian about this a little bit beforehand like there's like there's like a weirdness to me that i'm not sure if this is the beginning of like a, a legitimate movement towards like the breaking down of international cultural uh barriers and we're just like no we're like the human race if these are like the precursors to that ultimate conversation where they're like i don't see you know like the the really problematic now i don't like see color i don't see racial or ethnic differences like we're all one human species if this is like the precursor for that or if it's like how we actually view the argument now of like i don't see color it's like well you really should there are differences that are notable (laughs) you know that we have different lived experiences and all of that stuff matters it like to what you were saying rachel like Defi- defines you in certain ways like the lived experiences you yeah. have you can't you can't you can't chop off your dick <laughs> and then say like i'm korean now like that, there's, there's a, a huge portion of enculturation that just doesn't happen uh if you didn't cut your dick off soon enough 
Well, well I also watched, so on uh, an episode of Queer Eye where they go to Japan, there is this like, per- there's like a person that they are making over on Queer Eye and he's a gay man and he lived in London for many, many years. And um, one of the things that really like bothered him was when he was on dating apps in London, he would come across tons and tons of profiles that would say like, uh, I don't want no Asians or whatever, like mm. no Asians allowed or what, blah, 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 what? all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that was like a thing that really deterred him from, you know, he felt discriminated against and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it was like really sad. And so I'm, I'm not sure like what, like what that has to do with like him, like he doesn't understand that he lives in London. And so he doesn't understand, like he wants to be Korean, but like then he's not experienced these kinds of things that other people have experienced that uh, c- come from different Asian countries that move to London have experienced. So like, he's never going to be a hundred percent Asian. I, I don't know. It's I don't just, think like, he's going to be any percent weird. Asian. Like, like the end quote of his article is like, I feel Korean um, identify as Korean. Yeah. Like, I'm trapped in this body, like blah, blah, blah. I'm a Korean person. I'm not a man or a woman, just a person. That's what he says. And And, so like, I don't know. How do you feel another race when you've not lived the experience, especially in certain minorities that have like, you know, go through really, you know, like the queer eye, like example is just like this man was going through these, like, you know, fairly intense things that he felt really upset about. And that was hard for him when he was there. And, this dude has not gone through well, you bring up anything an interesting, like that. You bring up an interesting point, but in Korea, Koreans aren't a minority. In Korea, <laughs> Koreans are just the culture. But like, he's not. But he doesn't live yeah. there. He's British, right? Yeah, Does sure. he live there? Is he British? I know his last name is London, so I'm just wondering. <laughs> no, I think he's British. <laughs> I think he's British. <laughs> All right, sure. But I think, yeah, I think like, well, obviously outside of Korea, outside of Korea. There. Sure. Like, like if he wants to be a Korean in Korea, I don't think he needs to actually have any experience with no. racism uh, in <laughs> sure, England sure. or whatever. Like I don't think that actually matters if you're going to be part I'm of the majority. I'm talking about if yeah. he was in, sure. if he was in the UK or something like that. He doesn't have this like ex- lived experience that like other people who really are the you know have this experience so first off i definitely feel like this guy sees color like this is (laughs) he's he's putting it in these like uh these very rigid boxes um second of all i don't think this guy's ever going to be happy um with (laughs) with these surgeries like he even says like the thing is when i do surgery i'm happy for like two months and then i want more it's like he's looking Mm. at changing his hands next to make him smaller i i just really it's i almost like I feel bad because I don't think he's going to get where he wants to get to because it's just such an arbitrary thing. Like, it's the aesthetic to a rapper. You're, I mean, we've kind of hit up on this a little bit with talking about lived experience. Like, and to me, that when you distill that, it's like, that's culture. And that's like the, the your experience is living within a culture. And people can, people can assume and adopt new identities by, like, immersing themselves in that. Like, you know, if I, like, you, know, you were talking about living in Korea, like, that to me, like you, at a certain point, you'd be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm Korean. I've, I've lived here my whole life. I'm like, I'm Korean." Even though, same thing with the America uh, immigrant equation. Yeah. Another thing is like when it, it's like you have people like uh, in South uh, Africa, like who are there's a lot there's like a, a high you know Caucasian uh, mm-hmm. populace there. I I would be really hard pressed that they're like, "Yeah, I'm not African because of my my by the way I look because of this aesthetic <laughs> rapper." You know, it's like. So I feel like just overall, this is like a really sad 
story <laughs> in some ways because there's not a really happy ending. I don't think he even foresees a happy ending here. I'm but. I'm o- I'm okay with this person not having a happy ending. <laughs> like, there, are, there are some people I'm just like I am rooting against you. I am actively rooting against you. Oh, Can um, we also so. talk about how his hair is bleach blonde? <laughs> if he's trying to be a hundred percent Korean. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, that's the most Korean thing about him is his blonde hair. <laughs> is honestly. it? But All it's right. like K-pop. Yeah, he's like yeah. yeah well, so, he's trying to emulate some kind of you know musician over there. But like, your hair is bleach blonde, and okay. you don't have any like dark roots. So I don't know what's going on All right. here. All right, so listen, I, I think I think we spent way more time here <laughs> than I thought we were going to. So before we move on, I'll say this: like, he basically goes on. Yeah, there, there's like part of the article where he goes, um, uh. Yeah, the social media, yeah, he goes, I don't want people to get offended by this, but in Korea, the average penis is like 3.5 inches, and I get trolled all the time. People say, oh, you can't be Korean, you're not 100% Korean, and I just want to be 100% Korean. And then they're like, but the social media started not provide any proof to these claims or stipulate whether the figure provided related to an erect or non-erect penis. I, I, like, I, I was on a swim team in the country. I was naked around men all the time. It's like any other place in the world that you go. It's like there are big ones and there are small ones. It's just like it's it, there's almost no difference. You walk into an American locker room, there's going to be a dude with like a real just a real big honk and ding dong. And you're like, nice <laughs> cock, bro. And then there's going to be like the little acorns on the lily pads, right? Like it's 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 a range. OK, life is about sampling a, a, a milieu of experiences and, and penises. And um, I guess my question to you guys would be like, I, I was trying to think about I was trying to be open minded. And I was trying to be like, all right, like maybe because uh, I read this article in this like uh, feminist magazine that had been published. Like, yeah, like we, we need to respect that this is how some people feel. And I was just thinking about like, you know, if my son or daughter or like my child approached me and was like, mom, dad, I I'm coming out as Mexican. I'd be like, go to your <laughs> fucking room. <laughs> like you are, you are grounded for being dumb as fuck. <sighs> Oh, God. Um, all right. Well, I feel like, Ian, you're right. We've st- <laughs> been here a little bit longer than uh, anyone would have ever wanted. So, breezing on past, our next story is also about penises. It wouldn't be camp re-education if we weren't just full of dicks. Uh, so, oh, t- t- uh, today's headline, men's feminist identification and reported use of prescription erectile dysfunction medication is the name of an article that I've read. Basically, what it what it uh, what it says in layman's terms is men who identify as feminine are more likely to report the use of erectile dysfunction medication and Not feminine feminists, feminist. If I misspoke, feminist. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Feminist. Different. <laughs> yes. Okay. Fe- feminist dudes. Yes. Thank you for the correction. Uh, so and I just want to ask you guys, I know that the. Um, the abstract gives a couple of reasons why, and we'll get into those in a second, but I want to just kind of pick your, pick your brains. Why exactly do you think it is a fact that <laughs> feminist men are more likely to report the use of ED medication? So I think it's the, I think I could attempt to solve this question with association, <laughs> right? Like we're, we're looking at feminism, a political like movement, right? Which if you look at, Possibly the 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 binaries of our political system. I, I I'm not sure where this study was taken. If it was America or whatever. Yeah, Canada, 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 yeah. Canada. Oh, okay, okay. Even then, I'm sure there's <laughs> there's some like uh, you know uh, binary between like you know conservative and liberal. And I would think that 
if you're more com if you're if you're a feminist, you're more comfortable with like as a, as a male. I would try to venture a gut reaction to be like, okay, you're more comfortable with your sexuality, and therefore you don't feel like uh, it's a blow to your ego if you were to tell someone, yeah, yeah, I take Viagra or whatever. And so that's why I would think they would report it more um, or at least more freely. That's it. Mic drop. Rachel, <laughs> as the one most affected by this study, I'm curious to hear your point of view. Well, I have like a little story that I could tell, but I don't want to like, because my face is on here, I don't uh, there people would know who I'm talking about. But I would say <laughs> this all just like, and when I read it, there's like a couple of things and I like took some stuff from it because yeah, I'm a nerd. So, uh, so the, one, it's also possible that feminist men are more likely to use it because they wish to maintain an erection to better please their partner. So that was like, it's also possible. There's like one explanation that, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's all this other stuff in the abstract. But what I like, when I like was thinking about this, all I can think about is like empathy. Like when you boil like feminism down, it's not like women over men. It's just like men and women being treated equally and having equal access to things and doing things equally. And it's not like the hatred of men or a blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. We can get into like feminist theory all day long, but what from my own personal experience, having male partners because I'm heterosexual, it would be that my partner was empathetic, understood my needs and perhaps was having issues with maybe fulfilling them in some capacity and then there's one partner specifically that maybe would have like fallen into this category and if I were to ask him like why did you choose to like you know take these medications it was always be because you're my partner and I want to you know I want to uh, give you a big a rock I'm hard in love dog. with you yeah, exactly <laughs> thank you Ian so I don't know how to like, like explain it like in the best way but like when I think about it, they have like all these, I didn't read the, the, the entire thing. I, I definitely read the abstract, but like, you I didn't read think, this. You didn't read this entire medical article. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> why? Well, I kind of like, wow, it was what a, a little loser. bit of my jam though, because it was a little bit, I, uh, I was not too impressed with the abstract, but like, you know, I, I, I think I will read it later on, but I will say that like, the thing that came to mind is that men who identify as feminists, whatever that may mean and whatever capacity they understand that might have a little bit more empathy for their female partners. As as a soft penis feminist myself, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Is this is this your confession and take at the same time, Ian? No, now, now I have something to tell my wife when I can't please her. <laughs> like, you know, you know, babe, I'm doing this because I'm a feminist. You know, I I thought that it was maybe because, like, as a feminist, uh, a man wouldn't want to subject a woman to having sex with them. Like, this is for your own good. Well, no, no, because as, like, same with your wife, like, as a woman who has male partners, like, you know, uh, the most, like, pleasing or satisfactory situations I've ever been in the sexual situations I've ever been with a man is when things feel very, very equal. And that is like the entire nucleus of feminine feminism. It's so, like when yeah. like men and women are on an equal standing. And so, so you want to make sure you, you want to make sure you have a good erection too during sex. 
I mean, I try, Ian. I try. I, I don't think I realized how uh, phallic this episode was going to end up being, but that's, that's on me. Um, <laughs> have, has anyone here uh, just, like, taken Viagra, like, for kicks, for, for fun? Like, I, I was did offered just it. before this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Popped my Cialis just before we started recording. I, uh, I was offered in high school, super randomly. Uh, this dude in my uh, art class would just, like, pop them uh, as a joke, I guess. I feel like the... <laughs> The oh early aughts were just a different time, but yeah, he would pop them as a joke and he would just like have a, an erection during high school and he just like thought it was super funny. Um, to, Did to you carry, take it? You said you were offered. Did you take it? Yeah, but, uh, yeah I never did. And because uh, he huh. said, he eventually said, and I don't know if there was a Do cause and effect. Do you guys have a hard time getting an erection in middle I've, school and in no, high school? I'm pretty I, sure you don't. I don't think that's a, normally an issue, but he, <laughs> he eventually expressed that he thinks, and I don't know, again, I don't know the cause and effect with this, but that he eventually wasn't able to have an erection without them afterwards mm. is what he was telling me. Like he, I think he was just taking them so frequently that eventually oh, it affected his ability. To, I don't know if this is true. This is totally just hearsay. I mean, he was young. This is so like, like when antibiotics it. don't work anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Antibiotics. He takes too much bagger. Doesn't work anymore. So, but I also know. maybe he's just like got super nervous. He's like, oh shit, I'm hooked on Viagra now. It's like you know, and he got in his head and like had performance anxiety and then just couldn't get hard anymore. But all that being said. I would love, I mean, like, I imagine, I don't know this. I'm, like I said, I've never taken it. Um, so if you guys have and you have some information you'd like to shine on, I would love mm -hmm. to hear it. But I would love to take one. And I imagine I would have, like, the hardest boner I've ever had in my entire life. You know, it's like you couldn't push it down if you tried. And, you know, you you could keep your you could keep your partner off the uh, off the ground. You know, like that kind of shit. Like, I would love. Uh, uh, sounds I painful. Would, <laughs> it, it does sound uh yeah it sounds awful actually but i would love that just to experience that because i do think that would be like kind of fun you know it's like it's so hard that you feel like it might like pop out of its seams like bust bust a seam or something like that i don't know have you guys ever tried it have you ever have you ever done it ian or andy no never tried it um you go into gas stations though and you'll see those like the horny bull. goat weed yeah, yeah. like the the, the <laughs> destroyer this, this, yeah. like the pill it's like this like has all these flames on on the background of it and it's like like crush them slay your enemies sack. you know that kind of thing and it's uh, like i you know i'm not curious about it but i'm like are there people yes, who are you like, are you looked at the package. I mean, I, I honestly, oh, I described the package to you. I, I definitely it's looked, it's, looked at Andy, it. Andy, it sounds like you were describing a package that you were turning over in your hands. You're like, <laughs> you just described the front and the back. Let me read the ingredients for you. <laughs> you read yeah. that thing like a cereal box, man. But I'm like, well, how much of this shit is placebo? For, well, I know we're not talking, we're talking like medical, we were talking about medical uh, sure. EDM. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But there I can imagine go. a lot of it, it's, it's a, a lot of placebo. And honestly, like, you know, ED is is pretty common in men, and the it, the the surrounding causes are can be psychosomatic. They can be from diet. They can be from like whatever uh, genetics. Vaping. vaping, yeah, exactly. <laughs> stress, 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 yeah, stress. Is one that lowers mm. testosterone levels. Mm. Yeah, I know about this. Also, reading this reading this article, every time I look, I like scanned EDM. I'm like electronics dance. Yeah, music? it's hard not <laughs> to see that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ian, you you haven't placed your 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 bet on this. Uh, 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna put you on the spot. I'm assuming you have taken one of these. Me drugs. too. That's, Me that's too. my guess. If I, if I had to <laughs> put has. money on it, I would say yeah. Yeah. One thousand so percent. I yeah. okay. So my my sport team in Korea actually would they would we would take Viagra because they were like you take Viagra during before a race and I guess it like opens up your veins or something like oh it helps it helps increase blood flow so you'd swim faster and when you had your erection in the pool it kind of like steered you around like, like a, a runner. runner. Oh <laughs> my god. No. So uh, does Tylenol though like uh, as far as blood flow. Like, uh, well caffeine. I mean it's it's not as yeah. I don't know it's it's probably not as intimidating to swim without an erection. <laughs> Yeah, you took so you took Viagra or or whatever the equivalent for swimming, but you never took it for any other circumstances, like with your wife or with any other partners or whatever. Uh, you know what? Uh, Doesn't uh, that sound? Doesn't that, okay, well, Rachel, doesn't that sound more like me? Like, that's something I would do. Like, it does, oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Defense, this is going to make like, me faster in the pool? Ian would take it to go swimming rather than for its intended purpose, but... You it know. seems like it would slow you down in the pool. Like you have more, more surface area friction. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Andy, he shaved. He shaved before, so hairless. Uh, so yeah. then he swims better. Yeah, I, I, shaved, <laughs> I shaved my cock so I had a hairless one, which made me more aerodynamic in the pool. They do so, that. Is that. I don't think they shave. They, have a, they don't no, swim they don't shave their cock, but you know. <laughs> Ian, the concept did, works. Did you, Ian, did you take it for sex? Have you ever taken Viagra? N- no, and I, I want to try. I'm curious. I, uh, I think I bet if I pitched the idea to my, to my wife, she would be like, yeah, dude, let's do it. But here's, here's the thing. So, um, putting on my like science hat for a second, I did work at a, at a clinic and, um, uh, for, for penis, uh, related issues. And, um, I mean, it's, uh, for people that don't have an issue getting an erection, like it, it can be potentially dangerous because, you know, the whole thing about like, oh, if you get an erection longer than four hours, you have to go to the hospital. That's because like you can get fucking necrosis. So it's like you can, you know, potentially your like blood lose. rots in your cock, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, like it just it, yeah. congeals, like it just stays, it Ew. doesn't flow and it just starts to kind of like harden. Like, we, like, have you ever seen those clips online of like somebody yep. pouring rattlesnake poison into blood? Oh, oh, I have seen oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shay, wait, wait, Shay. Why did you say yeah before I finished? <laughs> I was like, oh, I know these clips. <laughs> I watched. I spent a lot of time on the he dark web. He took it so. for sex. <laughs> no, there's actually uh, there's a really good video uh, from Smarter Every Day on YouTube where he talks exactly about the issue when. Uh, Viagra goes bad basically and mm. the, the doctor like you have to you really do have to rush to the hospital and they have to like in some cases take a syringe and straight up pull the blood out of your cock so that it doesn't just rot start rotting Whoa. on you so you heard it here first folks from uh, Campry Education Viagra is not a toy um, <laughs> it's a tool for feminists so <laughs> I think I think I think Andy I think I agree I agree with Andy and Rachel's point that um I think I think it's just because like people like that probably identify as feminists like I- I'm willing to bet they're the same people that believe in climate change and like they're they're like yeah. okay like oh like my uh, uh, my dick isn't working like it's probably a medical problem as opposed to like you know people who get all their medical information from like uh, episodes of how i met your mother and they're like oh yeah. like uh, uh boneritis is only related to like <laughs> being being uh emasculated by a stronger man and i have to fight him in a pinball arcade to get my yeah. masculinity back so for any of the readers who don't know they the uh, the abstract does give four reasons 
Uh, did I say readers? Whatever. For any of the listeners, the abstract does give uh, four reasons for uh, why they believe that the reported use is higher. Uh, and it should be noted that uh, this study does control for a bunch of factors. Um, alcohol use before sex, erection difficulties, sexual arousal, sexual health, mental health, physical health. Um, and so the four reasons they give is that feminist men may use EDM to bolster their masculinity when it's otherwise threatened by their identification as feminist, which strikes me as just total bullshit. Like, I cannot really imagine. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, um, but like, I can't really imagine dudes being like, I'm a feminist, but like, that doesn't make me a pussy. So like, let me get my dick like as hard as it could fucking get. You know? <laughs> uh, so He's very anti-feminist. Yeah, right. So the second one is that um, non-feminist men may be less likely to use prescription EDM because they view accessing healthcare services as a threat to their masculinity. Uh, that again, makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. The third, uh, third one that you covered, Rachel, is that um, uh, they may wish to maintain an erection to better please their partner. And then, lastly, it could be that um, EDM use is more prominent uh, than non-feminist men because they're more honest. They just like they they don't mind reporting the actual use, which right. I actually just think is what it is, and that's because I identify as a feminist, and I assume that anyone who doesn't is just a dirty fucking liar. Agreed. <laughs> the yeah. end. Uh, so, so which of, which of the four are we all? Are we all on the same page. It's it's the last one. I'm gonna go with the last one. I also do just from personal experience. know uh, the one that I stated earlier, which is to please a partner, and they're mm. they might be having trouble with something, you know, on you know whatever, and uh, they might you know look into that. I go with that one as well, just because I know that happens. But I. For the vast majority of people, they're just honest, good people. So they fucking filled out the survey correctly. Mm. <laughs> Ian, what do you think? Uh, I, I already said I uh, the last one. Last one. All right. And Andy, you're on last one, too. Yeah, I feel like we talked about this earlier a little bit. Yeah, it's like uh, they're just going to be more prone to be more comfortable with their sexuality and then volunteer that information. Um, one thing I, I was kind of curious about, though, at the, the last part of the abstract, they're like, regardless of the exact reason. Therapists can use this, these results to tailor yeah. sexual health yeah. messages to their clients based on their feminist identification. And now I'm like thinking of the adverts. They're like, you want to please your woman? Like, like yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, you know, here's this little marketing. Do you know health communications is a real thing that you can get a real PhD in? I believe it. I I'm believe sure. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know someone with one. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for that really boring fact, Rachel. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's so a move thing. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of flaccid penises, on a recent taping of the Fox hit show, Masked Singer, Ken Jung, one of the judges, walked off after Rudy Giuliani was revealed to have been one of the contestants. Leading me to this next question for our guests, who do you hope to see on next week's episode? The KKK's David Duke or George Floyd's murderer, Derek Chauvin? Oh, God. <laughs> you have to answer, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> what was no. the first one? I want to go with Juan oh McDonald's murderer, Van Dyke, who's complained and complained and complained. He's a piece of shit Chicago cop who went to jail. I want him. Okay. All right. So the here's the wish. <laughs> wow, I, Rachel, I can't believe you gave me an answer. That was a joke question. So uh, <laughs> the real question I have for you guys is 
Do you think that like this sort of like rehabilitation campaign like works on the average American, like for your average weekly like mask singer watcher? And I, I, I am curious to know if you guys are familiar with the show or know anything about yes. it. Like, do you do they walk away from this? Like it, like they see like Rudy Giuliani in like a fucking gorilla suit singing like my my ass, my crack, my pussy and my back. And they're like they're like, you know, this guy's not so bad. Like, do you think that this this is a, is effective or what do you guys think? Um, so I'm kind of <laughs> unfamiliar with the show. Matt oh, I'm very familiar. I've watched a lot of seasons because I'm a very much a TV aholic. So uh, the mask, the mask singer, Annie, just so you know, is like uh, you basically have a contestant. Um, it's like a singing one of these, you know, thousands of fucking singing shows that we have. Right. So you have mm-hmm. a series of judges um, and then mixed with furryism. Furry? Yeah. Furryism? Hmm. For, for, I don't think it really is it part. It's not like really uh, adopted by the furry community, no, though, right? No, they, it's like it's like a cosplay mm, aspect. Yeah. Okay, it's like okay. So, okay. Yeah. so they come out. So these people, these people come out in like elaborate costumes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like mm-hmm. it, they're very ornate. I mean, the production holiday. I got you know whoever is designing the costumes is doing a great job. So kudos to you, thank you. Um, and then they'll sing like uh, a couple lines of a verse. Uh, four people will do this or something. And then mm-hmm. the guests will vote off who sung the, mo- the you know, most poorly. And then that person has to take off their mask. And in this uh, most recent episode of the show, it was Rudy Giuliani, which prompted uh, one of the judges to walk off in a, in a huff. Ken Jeong. Um, yeah. Ken Jeong. Yeah. So it's like, what, what do you guys think of this as like the, this like fucking PR move? Because um, he's act- and, and like Giuliani is like the second controversial pol- politician to do this. Yeah. Like Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin, Sarah Palin mm-hmm. was on in, in March. Yeah, it just definitely smells like a PR stunt. Like the producers in the background being like, how do we create a little crossfire slash Jerry Springer moment of like controversy given our- Do you, do you think that our, works though? Do you think like anyone's falling for that shit? I don't think so. And I feel like that's- I, I th- Wait a minute, but, Andy. Let's talk about the average like demographic of a person who watches that show and <laughs> then speak on if it works on them versus somebody like you who's never even heard of it. Did it work on <laughs> you, Rachel? It on you. <laughs> Rachel, did it work on Very you? Very funny, Shay. <laughs> I you watch- just said you, you watch it every week. <laughs> I work from home. And no, I did not watch <laughs> it is, every week. What does that mean? In we this context, all work like- from home. <laughs> So uh, I did. I did watch the first like uh, three seasons. I had them on as I was working. I think they're on Hulu or Netflix. What the fuck ever. But uh, I had them on while I was working from home. So I understand the concept of the show. And um, to answer your question, no, uh, for a person like me, it doesn't work. But I think like this is a larger discussion uh, when you talk about the demographic of who watches these types of shows versus you know who reads about it later online and is like oh I'm appalled that they were on the show and fucking Sarah Palin was whatever right so there was also this isn't the first time that somebody well I don't even want it's not even like the, the 20th time that someone's gone on to the show to like try to reclaim their reputation or whatever so um yeah, it's like yeah. a silly uh, publicity stunt. I mean, nothing is going to save Giuliani from when he went to the lawn care thing and gave a press conference. So, yeah. like, I mean, come on. I don't know what. I feel like I feel like okay, these shows and shows like them. I think most sort of television in general, even stuff on Netflix, you'll see there is a some lowest common denominator that tries to appeal to 
the dramatic sensibilities in any any given demographic. Like people, I think in some way, whether it's fictionalized drama, like, oh, here's this tense moment in this horror sci-fi I'm watching, <laughs> or like documentary style, like look at these fucking like idiots, like, you know, in some like, oh, can you believe this guy doesn't know where like this geography question is or whatever, like, you know, uh, what's the guy? Are you smarter than like a third grader or something like I don't right. know? Or Jerry Springer when they're like, oh shit. You know, like <laughs> I feel like there are moments of this like shared in the middle of this Venn diagram between all demographics that there is this guilty pleasure in watching people in like heightened bits of in of emotion like that, right? And then this this Hydra is like this as like amalgamed its form into like big reveal, right? Like I think I think the the pressure for possibly a producer to to cobble a cast together for this thing is to like who's gonna when people take their mask off that's like a really hard reveal right like and with that that comes a lot of suspension or like or anticipation right Mm -hmm. and to capitalize on that we want to make that even more of a booable cheerable moment (laughs) yeah and so it makes sense like for the for the template of the show i just don't like is it newsworthy? And I think that's kind of the thing we get back to is like, yeah, like they're, you know, why isn't, you know, the guy's DNA test, uh, uh, he's <laughs> actually the father, newsworthy. <laughs> and I, I get like really Gianni's like in the headlines and everything like that, but sure. it's, he's, I feel like this guy is just going to like go to jail eventually or just fade into nothingness. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, to me, it's just like topical swill that you just kind of mm. try to stay away from. And I, I don't mean to insult like people who are, who are fans of the show at all. Like, well, cause we, uh, we have uh, one, we have one on the show, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, please. I know. And I don't mean to insult. You know what? You know what? I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I can, cause like, oh man, I've, I have done my share of like binging, like really cringy shows because there's something like, so like face palming about them. Like, I was watching like Love is Blind or something. Oh, oh my God. I, we, we did watched, a whole, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. I, like I, Andy, we'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to tangent, but just to kind of be like, you know, hey, I, I, I get it, but it's interesting because he's he's been in the public eye for a while now, like almost all of last year, uh, Giuliani. So I feel like this is like the last swung song, like fart of his like <laughs> you know, pu- 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 publicity. Like I don't. Unless it's like going to jail or something like that. I don't know. But so. even like to it, your point, Andy, like you're talking about, is this newsworthy? The headline is that some actor walked off the set of some reality show <laughs> because some fucking political goober was on the show and they didn't like their political stance. That was yeah. the actual headline. It well, didn't have much to do about Giuliani to begin with. It was that some other random actor didn't like what happened on a reality show. So he walked off and then some guy who has naked ladies in his music video went and comforted him. <laughs> so there you go. Like, I don't know. Is that newsworthy? I don't know. If it is, I'm going to go live in a hole. The weird thing about this is like Giuliani, like may go to jail for like treason next year. Like, I mean, there's a chance of that like happening, but like, <laughs> it's very high. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So like the, the idea, it's just like this, this, what if, I just can't even imagine if, you know, in an alternate timeline, there was still the gong show from the 60s. Very alternate <laughs> timeline to make this anachronism work. But like Hitler comes on stage. It's like it's it, 1943 it, Hitler. He's like, hope, really hope the West doesn't hate me and like tries to do something to like win them over. And then the next year he, he you know, blows his brains out in his bunker. Or like the, whatever. I feel like this is Giuliani's like 
I love the swan song fart. Like that's like exactly, <laughs> that's feels like exactly, exactly yeah, right. That's perfect. The, the, the comparison I drew honestly was like, it was like um, Joseph, Joseph Gables or Gobbles uh, fucking uh, Gobbles? comes out. No? Gobbles. Yeah. Joseph Gobbles comes like the, the head of propaganda for the Nazi party. Like, Comes out dressed like an orangutan and sings the song from a sound, the sound of music. And like, that's yeah. the reveal. Like, it's, it's fucking insane. And it's like, if, if you had told uh, any American in the wake of 9 11 that like one day Rudy Giuliani, before he went to jail for treason, like dressed up like a zebra and, and <laughs> like <laughs> sang uh, Everybody by the Backstreet Boys, like they, they wouldn't believe you. They would be like, what the fuck? On, on, a, on a, an adaptation of a South Korean show judged by a doctor who's also a comedian, like it, right. nothing about this makes sense. <laughs> And in, 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 in fairness for Ken, like, because he is a doctor in the article, it says, like, he walked off in protest because of the way the, you know, COVID it wasn't even pandemic was handled. He walked out because of COVID. He was like, oh, he walked, yeah, this, it was because guy. of the way he was handled COVID. And like, you know, I don't know, like, what is happening in the world that this is like a story? Like, I don't know. Well, well, uh, you know, so the article that I, I gave to you guys was from a very reputable source, a very respected <laughs> like a literary journal called People, and uh, People's, <laughs> People's source continued, Ken felt disrespected and was livid to see Rudy under the mask, which is why he walked off. There's no way he could hide his feelings. Jung's background as a doctor reportedly fueled his anger at Giuliani, who previously served as the personal, we, we know all this. But he, yeah, he was upset because he mishandled the COVID-19 information. Dude, Ken Jung's co-host is Kenny, uh, Jenny McCarthy, who's like a, fa a virulent anti-vax person. that vax causes autism and yeah. write a whole book about it? Like, how come he doesn't storm off every day he has to sit next uh, right? to her fucking, like, are you serious, Ken? Like, this is what's upsetting you? Like, there's a line too far is when <laughs> Giuliani talked about COVID-19, like, Right next to you is it like you're a fucking doctor? Like that's who they made your co-host? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we in the remaining ten or so minutes we have of this, we'll go to our final story, and uh, that is that uh, the New York University Clive Davis Institute launches a new course um, about Taylor Swift, and I guess the course is designed to cover the legacy of pop and country songwriters, discourses of youth and girlhood, but most importantly, the politics of race and whiteness in popular music. And so uh, my question to you all, and you have to answer is, is the, is this the best way we as a, as a, as a country, and I guess NYU as a university can think of to, to teach about white privilege? Is it through Taylor Swift? I originally, I originally said no in my mind, but <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to, I would kind of want to think like, okay, how do you, do you want to get kids to eat their vegetables? Mm -hmm. uh, most people say, yeah, yeah. You, oh, my kid needs to eat his damn broccoli. And you're like, well, he hates it. And you're like, well, pour fucking cheese all over it. And, and that's, that's kind of how I approached like thinking about this because there are I probably admit, like just hundreds of other like historical examples that we could be teaching if we want to cover these topics, like discourses of youth and girlhood and like whatever, like, they're like impacting because like Taylor Swift has like foundations and she's like very altruistic, quote unquote, or whatever with like how I don't know in her public outreach and shit and like whatever. So as far as like role models go, sure. And it I think because it's such a modern age of like TikTok and fucking Instagram, this is this this is like pertinent to 
probably bridge those gaps of where like people don't give a shit otherwise. And so if you have someone in there in this like medium that people are already consuming and is going to be, but I cut myself off there because teaching this in like higher academia just is like, it's making me like cringe because <laughs> I, I just can't go inside, you know, think about going into a, a an auditorium and then like professor with like a tweed jacket, you know, just like puts on, you know, Shake it call off. me sometime, and or like call me maybe or whatever. No, that that's song is not Taylor Swift. <laughs> Wait, that's Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, uh, whatever, whatever. You okay, tried. So you tried. Andrew. I tried. Okay, I tried. Anyway. Okay, wait, Ian, Ian, you can back me up on this because we're both English majors, like yeah. uh, undergrad. So that's, when why, we we, that's about, why we're both unemployed. I'm employed. What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> I write. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I had to do a lot of hoops to get to my job. Okay. But uh, for what she is, like I can be like a Taylor Swift fan, you know, like for what she is. I have. Are you a Taylor Swift fan? Uh, well, I like reggae music, so not particularly, but like I like internet studies and I went to graduate school for digital anthropology. So I love like online pop culture stuff. So when she's talked about in the media, when it goes online, blah, 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 whatever, that's a completely different topic. But the point is, is like the whole stuff about like youth and girlhood, I take a little bit of a, I don't know about all that, but when it comes to like talking about work that's out in like public and you know it's consumed by the public i think back on like oscar wilde and all these different things where they're shaping sort of the environment that they're in at the time and like their their personal like in uh, when he you know like specifically oscar wilde when he's going out and he's you know considered a certain way and are, he's are you it. comparing taylor swift to oscar no, wilde i'm not i'm just saying like don't drag uh, him into this listen he's one of my favorites and so when i was thinking about like why would this make sense um i was thinking well a lot of like his you know like personal life is drawn into when you study about Oscar Wilde, right? He's a yeah. dandy and he's this and that, and it's all like dr drawn in together. I don't know how to reconcile all of that. That was just like my first thought when I was like, oh, there's going to be a Taylor Swift class at NYU, which I applied to for grad school. And now that I know that that class is there, I'm glad I didn't go there. <laughs> but um, the point is, is that like it makes sense on a certain level, depending on, I guess, what you're interested in and what you're studying. I'm very confused about the youth and girlhood part. I am interested in the lyrics that she writes within the cultural relativity of our now. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I guess... I guess to, I, I don't, uh, taking it somewhere else, um, <laughs> I think that, uh, it, so I guess the question, all right, so the question was, is the best way to learn about, like, uh, like white power or whatever, like, I don't know white how privilege. they're gonna, yeah. privilege, sorry, <laughs> through Taylor Swift is like, that's like asking if the best way to learn about Africa is through British colonialism, like, I just, I don't <laughs> see it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, the the point that you made, Andy, I, I I like it and I but I still find issue with it of like the you get trying to get kids to eat their broccoli. Like yeah. one, this is for like college students, which like I guess like they're still kids, but it's it's not actually I mean they're they should they're adults, you know, and in some 
I don't know, whatever. That's arguable, I guess. Whatever. But what I was also going to say is just like in that metaphor, there's like something like kind of like upsetting about the fact that it's like, it's like, no, you guys like, let's try and make white privilege or like the conversation of white privilege as palatable as possible by having like the icon of white privilege be like the medium through which you like learn about this. Like uh, Taylor Swift was like, her family's rich. You know, she was like taught, um, she was like given like acting and music classes as a child. Like she's basically was born and bred to be this through white privilege. And you're like, and I guess like maybe that makes sense. It's like, okay, well here, it's, if it's a case study of white privilege, then I'm on board. But if it's basically like, let's talk about why white privilege, like let's just explore the ideas and like, but also talk about Taylor Swift. And I'm like, well, that's kind of, it's kind of bullshit. You're like kind of celebrating the issue while talking about the issue. If you read the rest of it, it says something about like, let's talk about her as a creative entrepreneur as well and appreciate uh, her. Gross. If you look at like the syllabus <laughs> they posted in that, in the article you guys sent us, like they sure, posted yeah. like, this is what the syllabus says. And the very first bullet point in the syllabus is learning about her as a creative entrepreneur and talking about copyright law and talking about ownership and all this kind of stuff. So the white privilege and the, and the, all, all of that stuff is, I feel feel like slightly an afterthought yeah, yeah to the rest of the bullshit that they're talking about i mean i i do believe that this isn't like it's in some kind of like music appreciation like sort of class right am i right or no i, I mean i have no uh, idea I've what got, the clive davis institute is so neither I, do I, but <laughs> I think the, it is music actually yeah so there's some sort of music appreciation like uh, class or whatever attached to this and so like yeah cool let's talk about like they're gonna it's, it's so much on the back burner that it's like slightly insulting so that's why I also feel like slightly insulted when they want to talk about girlhood through her music it's like uh, whatever. Maybe you just talk about her being a lyricist or something and how like you know certain chords work and they sell. I, yeah. I mean, like, uh, when I read the article, too, like, they, they point out that the class is being taught by, like, a self-proclaimed Swifty, which I feel right. like defeats the Right, from the, the Rolling purpose. Stone. Yeah. She's a yeah. Rolling Stones-like yeah. person. Yeah, which is which is notorious for, like, it's really hard-hitting journalism and, like, just, you know, the, the in-depth analysis that goes into their fucking writing. Um, I feel like, yeah, it just... It, 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 Everything I read about the class, it just feels like, uh, like propaganda, basically. Like, it, it's... It, it would be, like... I, I don't know, a class taught by Kim Jong-un on honesty. Like, nah. It just doesn't, I, 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 I'm, my first reaction is like, I think Andy had kind of touched on this earlier, but like, I think in the context of like, if, if this was like a postmodernist class and it was like examining how like, uh, like low art gets elevated um, by capitalism and turned into mm -hmm. like this fucking religion, then I think that could be like very beneficial. But I don't think it's like, like from uh, a line in the syllabus, it says, Students will learn about the politics of race and contemporary popular music and interrogate whiteness as it relates to Swift's politics. She doesn't have fucking politics. Like Shay and I were talking earlier, like I remember in 2016, her fans were like fucking begging her to say something about uh, like Trump or whatever. Like, like, please tell people to vote for Hillary Clinton. And like, she didn't say anything because she was like, well, uh, I ha there's a potential I could lose a lot of album sales. So I'm just not mm -hmm. going to say anything. And then when she does get political, she just says vote. She didn't say to vote uh, for who. She's like, both of them make good points. Just vote. Just get out there. All right. So I think in the she baked cookies that said vote on them. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're out of time here. So in the seconds remaining, uh, Rachel, 
Taylor Swift class, good or bad? Bad. All right, Andy, good or bad? Toxic, useless. (laughs) (laughs) Ian, good or bad? Uh, I've already registered. I can't wait for my first <laughs> lesson. <laughs> Same. I'm, um, I'm set to audit it. Uh, so awesome. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Camp Education. Whatever. 